Just a little bit. Just a little bit. He's still wee Mr. Grinch. <laughs> Just a wee one. Mr. Grinch. Ba, 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 ba. It's too low. It's the same it's the same guy who sang the Grinch and the Blob theme song, right? I don't think so. Because the the Grinch is real low. Well, but the yeah. blob is real high. I don't remember It doesn't. I don't remember any part of the blob theme song other than the door, and all around the room. He plops. He plops. <laughs> but where of the plops? Welcome back to Garbage Film. This is the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common, and you do not need to enjoy just one or the other. Uh, normally, we'd accomplish this by taking a movie of the week and pairing it with something artier or trashier, with the hopes that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least are entertained. But uh, why that qualification? It's because this is a special year-end 2023 wrap-up special episode special. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me, as always, is the cup of kindness to my old acquaintance to be forgot, Aaron is here. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Nick. I had to look up the lyrics to Old Lang Syne. I was gonna say, I don't think, I think old acquaintance, the only time I've ever used that phrase is singing Old Lang Syne, and I don't know any of the other words. There's a cup of kindness in there. Great. I learned minutes ago. That's exciting. As I realized I hadn't written an intro. <laughs> Yeah. This podcast is about entertainment and education. Yeah, as edutainment has oh, been our right. mission, and I feel like we've accomplished it this year. Looking back over this past year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You look like you're on the bow of a ship. Looking, I'm looking Titanic, I guess. <laughs> but just with yourself. Yep. Yep. It's very sad. Aww. We're all pretty <laughs> embarrassed for you. But why am I talking about Titanic? That's an old movie. And here is the year end special where we talk about current movies. Here it is, there's, folks. There's the uh, the segues Whew. that we all come here for, myself it's, included. It's been a long year. Is uh, I guess the le- learning we can take away from this. <laughs> yes, it's and been a long fucking year. Boy, is my brain tired. <laughs> I lived through 2023, and boy, do I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> but just we're going to go through some of our favorites of the year, just some notable movie times we've had, yeah. just to kind of recap the whole business. Because we talk a lot about past movies on this pod. We don't often talk a lot about uh, current movies. Not every once in a while. necessarily, but... Yeah, we'll do like a current episode. Yeah, every... a, a State of the Union, <laughs> yeah. as it were. So this is, this is our that. Yes. Yeah, we want to just give out some cute little awards for our year in review here. And to whom will we bestow the highest honor? The Trashy, our favorite <laughs> movie of the year. Note that the Trashy is a golden garbage can lid just off screen that you can't see. <laughs> it definitely is real and made of pure gold. Yep, it definitely exists. Uh, we're but not cheap. That's, that's the, the reason that we're all here today, the excitement of the night. The stars are out. We've all been hearing so much about it. <laughs> the stars are out. Um, our cat... Uh, is also out. The, <laughs> ooh, slam on the cat. <laughs> not included in the stars. No, she isn't. Uh, but before we get to the main event, just wanted to talk about some things uh, about the year. Like, for instance, I don't have this written down. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. What was your favorite performance of 2023? Wow, it's so interesting you would ask that randomly out of nowhere because I've also been thinking about my wow. favorite performances. I have them in bullet point form in my mind. and definitely not written down. <laughs> definitely not prepared in advance. But what's a, what's a favorite performance of yours this year? There were a bunch of them. It's really, doing these lists, it is really hard to narrow anything down where it you're like, a, oh, they're just all really good this year. And I feel like in previous, I feel like there's been a dearth over the past couple of years since this whole pandemic business happened that this year is the first one that really felt to me like... We're back, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I feel like you're right. Not that there haven't been standout uh, things otherwise, but it yeah, it just feels like it's back with a strength. Yeah. Previous years have been like those, that one or Mm -hmm. two were good. And now it's like, wow, what a absolute 
what disgustingness a of riches. Yeah. I can't think of what <laughs> the plural of That it. is what we should call riches, yes. A filth of riches. <laughs> yes. I like that. <laughs> yes, I know there's a phrase, but uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're very spoiled this year, it mm-hmm. feels like, yeah. By such <laughs> actors and actresses as... No one will be surprised to hear me say this, but one of one of the ones that I just always think about is Glenn Howerton and Blackberry. Oh yeah, of course. So good. I you put a bald cap on that man and he just goes fucking feral mode. He's great. <laughs> Very funny in a way where he's not playing it funny and that's no. really hard to do he's just naturally a funny person yeah it's not even necessary it's a very funny role but it's also not at the same time and and just a, a lot to bring to life there like i literally can't think of another any other human being that could fill that role mm-hmm. just so perfect yeah i love it yeah that's pretty that's the defining features like i just can't picture anyone else doing it mm. it's so him yeah it's so perfectly tuned to what he can do yeah Yeah. it feels like written for him except that person actually exists yeah which is even weirder (laughs) (laughs) now i'm gonna meet the real guy and be like i don't think so that's not what you would say (laughs) with glenn howerton yeah yeah what about you well my first one off the top is definitely informed by recency bias but emma stone in poor things is sure if it were if i were a lame critic i would say that it's a very brave performance (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) but it really is just like a similar type of thing where like wow the that character only exists because of emma stone you know what i mean yeah yeah like the arc that she takes over the journey of poor things which was just released so i'll talk about very vague circumstances but there's like a real wow i hardly recognize that character by the end energy to it true that is just speaks so much to how she's able to like slowly grow this character throughout the the course of the events yeah Yeah. i mean she literally brings the character to life yeah it's actually part of the movie right it's it's yeah developing a character in real time on screen very yeah. hard and it's amazing charting that and mm-hmm. just even like her physicality changing over the course of it yeah. and just the core like turning on a dime from being very dramatically effective to being incredibly funny yes big fan of that agree that's yeah. a good one what else you got? Who else is in your favorites? I got a couple. I mean, I'm gonna... I, I really, really loved... I think the movie hinges on it, mm-hmm. much like Emma Stone, but I loved Sandra Hewler in Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, yeah. Nice. She's the, the lead in that, and she is so fucking good. There's, there's you know, with courtroom movies, courtroom dramas, I feel like there's a, there's a temptation to project you know, mm. what you want the audience to be thinking onto, like, to to really... Like, fucking can't think of any words yeah, today. Your, your oh, brain my God. Just it out. <laughs> uh, but I, what I think you're trying to say, there's a temptation to, like, project either the guilt of the person or the innocence of the person in order to, like, pull one over on, on the audience? Is that kind of yeah, what you're Yeah, kind of, yeah, to lead the audience one way yes. or the other to kind of, you know, and and to, it, it, there's just no, like, A, the script isn't, that's not what the script is, mm-hmm. and B, her performance is so, like, you're just watching a person in that situation. There's no, there's, you can tell there's inter- interiority happening, but you're not privy to any of it, yeah. because of course you wouldn't be. The whole conceit of this thing is that she's not, she's trying to lock it down and like deliver a, you know, a performance in the courtroom, essentially, while not looking like she's delivering a performance. And it's a great line to walk and she's super good at it. And the scene I keep remembering is when she forces the courtroom to switch to English Mm -hmm. as a like, it's such a. She can't communicate in French very well. And and yeah, but it's such a perfect, like, you cannot tell how much of that is manipulation, how much of that is desperation. But you can tell that she knows what it is, but you're not allowed to know what it is. Yeah. (laughs) And honestly, it might be both. Like, it's, yeah, really good stuff. It's great. Well, I'm going to bring us back to local Canada for my next Mm. choice, which is, I think about uh, Sarah Montpetit in Humanist Vampire, seeking suicidal person all the time. There's a record listening to scene that I constantly think about. It's just like such a perfect, sweet little moment that like, if I had to pick a favorite, like, performance in one scene... That sure. would be it. Like, yeah. If there was, 
I think about like oh the Oscar clip and they're like and the nominees are and <laughs> this would be what shows up there for yeah her. probably yeah yeah like the the way that she's able to construct this she's such a guarded person and you just see like just little cracks you can just see her in there and then she's like nope back up and then she just gives away into it so yeah great. It's, it's a lovely scene yeah I love it a lot nice yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, also probably not shocking to anyone who knows me, but Killian Murphy in yes. Oppenheimer is such a, I don't know, he's in so much of the movie. It's <laughs> like, that's such a lame way of looking at it, but I, I really feel like there's so much to do mm-hmm. and it's it's meant to be this huge sweeping thing. And the fact that it, it doesn't feel like this long slog movie is so much, like, 98% him, Yeah, I feel like. And it's it's a real, like, again, kind of with Anatomy of a Fall, like, you you pity them, but you also hate them, but you're also, <laughs> like, you're, just, you're a person. There's so much going on, and it's all balanced so well. It's It would be, I imagine, hard to kind of bring that three-hour arc together. And it's, it's so, he does it so, so well. I don't think of this when I think of Killian Murphy, but he does stoicism so well in that movie where he's just like leaning back and yeah. like, I'm thinking about the courtroom or not the courtroom the hearing yes, stuff yeah. that he's doing where he's just like again it's knowing you can sense that interiority happening and yeah. that struggle but it's just like this his brain is trying to shoot out of his skull level of frustration <laughs> that, that he's yes. holding back <laughs> yeah it's yeah. Really good so top top five for me of the year for sure nice I guess I should say top four, because I have four. <laughs> well, I have three, so... <gasps> okay, uh, great. Over and here. one honorable mention, because I'll talk more about it later. But right. uh, my last actual one that I want to highlight is David Desmalchin in Late Night with Yay! the Devil. Because he's just like... Desmalchin Hive. He holds that entire movie together. Like the Yes, definitely. It's such a neat premise. If you don't know Late Night with the Devil, it was a October release. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's yep. a 70s... It's presented as like a 70s found footage of this late night show where they found found real like a found episode of a tv show where they accidentally summon a demon yeah des milchin does such a great job of starting out as this like really good host that's like come on his like comeback tour so there's a lot of desperation there but he also is like you can tell that he's got these old rhythms like the amount of times he has to go to like Something horrifying happens, and then like, we'll be right back. We'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> just like vibrating with fear. Yeah, it's great. I really and He's the wonderful. the ending of that movie, I feel like, would not work if not for how. Mm. I don't know. He's got very sad but panicked eyes. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a him. It's not just a possession thing. It's it's really a. It's it's a morality play almost yeah. because you get to see what happens to him as a result of like trying to push that envelope and he he pulls it together so well. Yeah, like you come to the movie because the premise sounds fun, but then you're and taken it away by his character. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, and my honorable mention I'll talk about later is Nick Cage is the the <laughs> sure. the backbone of Dream Scenario, which yeah. I'll get to more later. I really I really debated. Yeah. <laughs> um, my last one that I want to mention is Lily Gladstone in mm. Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm sure yes. that comes as a, a surprise to no one who's seen it, but yeah, it is intense in a way of like you just can't look away from anything that she's doing. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's so much more like wretched everything that happens because it's happening to her specifically and just watching her be like brave but then be like she shouldn't have to be brave yeah. this is bullshit like it's a it's a long movie with a lot in it and it's easy to watch because of her yeah like her performance is harrowing is what i constantly think of where it's yeah. like i am scared and angry and frustrated yeah. and sad like it's just there's mm. mm-hmm yeah. Like Gladstone. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, that's those are some killer performances we like from Tony. Um next up, I wanted to know what you think makes the best airplane movie of 2023 <laughs> releases. Now, that could be open to interpretation, yeah, but this what is, is a, uh... <laughs> this is a movie that you would recommend to somebody to watch on an airplane, but literally nowhere else. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Um, the trophy, okay. <laughs> of course, is a gremlin on the wing of a plane. Right, of course, yeah. <laughs> Holding a, a nuts and bolts, like a piece of infrastructure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Or like biting into the wing, that's good too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, a little, little bite mark out of the wing. 
Hmm. Or, okay, or yeah. it's you know it, that's my interpretation of of the air, best airplane movie. But or okay. it's the best time you could have on an airplane with a movie. I guess. See, yeah, I feel like somewhere I I think of it as a movie you wouldn't miss out on anything by watching it on an oh, airplane. Sure. You know what yeah, I mean? Okay. Like that's its perfect place to watch. It's not that you can't watch it somewhere else. It's just that. It's doable on an airplane like not many movies are. Mm, okay. Like, you're not going to want to watch Oppenheimer on the plane. Maybe you <laughs> are. That would be very funny. But <laughs> Okay, then I think that um, that probably cinches it for me because I, mm. I had it between two. Oh, okay. But I think the one I'm going to go with is Concrete Utopia. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I feel like that's a very... It's a South Korean disaster slash class war movie yeah broadly about a disaster and and the ways people cope afterwards and sort of the social structures you fall into on a very like immediate and real Mm. level yeah it feels like watching 2012 but smart and entertaining yeah you know what i mean (laughs) and a lot of it is just people talking to each other Yeah, yeah yeah just arguing about who should be allowed to have what resources and stuff and it's one of those movies where like yeah if you look away and then back you're you're probably not gonna mm. miss like if meal service comes by you're not gonna miss a lot of stuff yeah but it rewards you know watching it through intently so if you have a long flight concrete utopia mm-hmm. i think would be perfect perfect way to to enjoy your inability to move around yes exactly <laughs> Lee being hen amazing super mm. scary recommend oh yeah he is scary yeah yeah <laughs> well, my version, I definitely went the approach of I would never recommend this to anybody necessarily outside of a, a plane where you're like, oh, I'm so excited to hear this way to kill time. backhanded compliment. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's a way to kill time. Yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, speaking of this year's movie starring Adam Driver fighting dinosaurs in 65. <laughs> oh, shit. Right. Like, you could watch it in a theater, sure. But I watched I it on a plane. <laughs> Fantastic way to spend uh, 90 minutes or whatever. There's no dialogue, pretty much. It is. <laughs> Just literally watching uh, Adam Driver shoot at dinosaurs, try to survive. That's amazing. That was this year? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, I know. All right. This, is, uh, this exercise also is looking back and being like, oh, yeah, I guess that was less than 12 months ago. My God. Yeah. 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 Good times. Uh, then I want to hear about your favorite score of this year. Yeah. Okay. I chose three. Ooh. Okay. Well, I feel like almost certainly one of ours is going to overlap. So Probably. I'll say mine. Okay. Mine is still, it's like the best score to me and that I'm still thinking about it and can still remember how it sounds and, mm. and all of this is uh, Los Colonios, the oh. Harry Alush soundtrack score. So good. I nice. think we took we talked about it a bunch on our TIFF roundup episode. Yeah, some of so good. I kind of went to not pains or anything, but I looked through what I said in the TIFF episode. I'm like, I want to be different on. Yeah, I know, so I know. I yeah. I don't know, man. That's still the thing that like sticks out, and I it folds in so well with my experience of the movie. Yeah, that's the true. way that like really good John Williams scores do, mm. or what have you, right? Um, yeah, I just, I, there's nothing that's topped it so far for me. Nice. It's great. It's so brutal and like dirty sounding and just fits in perfectly. Like it's not like other movie soundtracks you're going to hear this year. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I feel bad to say this, but I forgot about that one. Shame I, on you. Yeah, I know. Shame. I do feel shame. I'm getting a little sweaty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what this roundup is for. Just to make bring, bring back that. <laughs> also that. I wasn't going to say anything, but... Yeah. Well, okay. Then what are yours? My three, uh, first off the top is Godzilla minus one. Mm. It kind of cheats. That's fair. The reason I like it so much is because it's got all, so much of Akira Ifukube's uh, original score in there, yeah. but the arrangements by Naoki Sato and the original music, love it all. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's really good. No, that's true. I did think about it and then I was like, but that's just the Godzilla yeah, soundtrack. So, you know. <laughs> that's why I've added all these qualifications. Um, <laughs> We're going to come for you. Also, I mentioned on the TIFF episode, but Boy in the Heron, that has seen mm. she, I've been listening to it a lot the past couple days. It doesn't, it doesn't work like a thing that you listen on its own that you're like, oh, oh okay. what a nice piece of music, like a, like yeah, some yeah. scores do. But it has, um, Hisayashi does this great thing in virtually all of his scores. I think this is the most inspired way where he has a, like the thematic material that comes out and all this. And then about halfway to two thirds of the way through the movie, he introduces like a new really sentimental theme that's typically hmm. played in piano okay sure and it always works on me Aww. uh he does the one in this is is great too it's it's uh when our hero starts like running into pelicans and and that like fantastical <laughs> part of the world there's like a tender theme that starts to come out 
the harmonic movement is just it's basically written to manipulate emotionally like sure. that's the harmonic progression He's of great it. at it yeah and uh one that i still to take the actual cue that you took here of one that you think of a lot and can't be separated from the movie mm-hmm. is the oppenheimer score i love I that i mean yeah ludwig gordonson yeah. score is so great Really yeah, like I ha- I feel like Ludwig Göransson is everywhere to- yeah. now to the point where I'm like, yes, this is a Ludwig Göransson <laughs> score. I I and I'm I have trouble being like this is the experience of like I don't link as much. This would be an exception that for is, sure. It, that's the reason it stands out to me too, is because I always I always at a minimum I always like his work, yeah. but I never yeah. necessarily tie it to what it's actually going alongside with yeah whereas i cannot hear the gornson score without being like and this happens and this is happening and this yes is happening. yeah like it's just so good at expressing not necessarily the emotion but the like the drive yeah that's in there yeah and the anxiety and the yeah yeah, yeah. i'm a big uh, philip glass enjoyer and it just feels a lot like Very if much. there were a perfect philip glass soundtrack this would be it <laughs> absolutely yeah like the the trinity test uh, cue is so good yeah I think about that one all the time crazy good uh, next up, I want to hear what your favorite theater-going experience of the year was. This is not Aww. necessarily limited to 2023. Okay. Just because I want to talk about what, uh, it's, you know, pandemic's still going on, but the <laughs> getting out responsibly with masks and all that is still, uh, getting out of the theater. Some oh, things yeah. that you can't recreate at home. So I want to hear what you, uh, That's so true. think about this. Yeah, I feel like there were a lot, like, we, we returned to movie going in earnest in the theaters this mm-hmm. year. Maybe because there's much more cool stuff to watch but mm-hmm. uh it's honestly it might have to be a tie for me i'm gonna leave out like festival stuff because sure. there's just a different energy anyway you're very sleepy yeah, yeah. <laughs> running on uh, on fuzzy peaches <laughs> as your breakfast a lot of the time oh man okay i have one i have one like theater experience in one honorable mention moment specifically um my theater going experience honestly i think the people's joker was the most fun and the most like oh my god thank god i saw this in a theater with people now this wasn't the because this was last year that it got pulled from the festival because warner brothers was being a huge gaping asshole well yeah for people that don't know what the people's joker is right sorry uh, yeah it's um vera drew is the writer director star of the titular people's joker. yes truly yeah where she's a, a version of the joker and it's about like her gender identity and and kind of coming to terms with the fact that she's trans but like also how to navigate her landscape and like but all overlaid on the concepts of batman yeah and like it, it oh, it just fits all so perfectly. It's crazy good. And there's there's the different versions of the Joker and who they represent in her life and great stuff. Great great movie. Looks unlike anything you've ever seen. Insane. Like uh, it's incredible to Vera watch. Drew used to be one of the main editors or main visual artists or both for yeah. Tim and Eric. If you have seen Tim and Eric stuff, you. It feels like, like very it, surreal, nonsensical, funny. Like if Adult Swim animation was real life is yeah. kind of what I think of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. but this is hard like to describe. Pushed but. so far to that extreme, yeah. like literally, there is not a single uh, real set in this. It's one hundred percent visual effects. Yeah, top animated to or like illustrated or CG or a combination or yeah. Oh, it's just and yeah, I can't remember good. the number of artists involved, but it is literally like, hundreds. Yeah, li- yeah. and like every, they all took like different sections, so yeah. nothing looks the same. It's like the most. Uh, it just it's looks so incredible. Yeah, yeah, if you ever, I think it's coming to theaters. Actually, I think. They, oh, it is. Actually? Yeah, yeah. I oh. saw something from her that was like, "Well, we finally did it." Anyway, so go <laughs> see it if you can. Yes. Because just the there was hooting and hollering so in the fucking theater. It was a real like, okay, we're coming back to Toronto. We're going to fucking show this movie because we got like a temporary stay or something from. I have no idea. How I don't know. Worked, I don't remember what the legality from the festival was. circuit because uh, because copyright blah blah blah. Yeah. Even though, come on. It's. Anybody that sees this movie and mistakes it for real Batman, you... You have a head injury yeah. and you need to go to the hospital. Go to, go to a doctor. <laughs> yeah, because it's... Wow, it's quite something. So mm-hmm. that that was one of my favorite. Just people, like, erupting in laughter yeah. and, like, cl- like applauding and hooting and hollering. Yep. 
Yeah, literally, like, people rocking back and forth with laughter, and it's just so much fun. It was so fun to fun. see. Yeah. yeah. There's the... She did a bunch of pre-roll, too, that was, like, old cut-together Batman Forever ads right. and, like, interviews, but, like, cut-together with crazy ads and stuff. It's really quite something. Yeah. It's, an, it's a theater experience. If if she's presenting it in your city. Absolutely get go. Out to see it, Stop yeah. whatever you're doing yeah. and go. Yeah. So that's that's my official favorite theater experience nice. yeah well that was mine oh, so great, i'm okay. gonna give what might honestly be your your uh honorable mention okay. um for me seeing the ernst lubitsch to be or not to be this year was <laughs> it was a small theater but still yeah. packed for yeah the size of the theater and the fact that a movie from 1942 can make concentration camp jokes that have the entire room howling with laughter yeah. <laughs> like is... they just keep getting funnier yeah. somehow <laughs> Just you shouldn't be allowed, but it's incredible. It is. Yeah, that it can happen. So goddamn good. I'd never. I didn't know what this movie was about. What going in? Just one of my favorite movies now. Yeah, to be or not to be. If you are unaware of it, is a. It feels like a lot of stuff took its cues from it. Like definitely, yeah. It's like a Polish theater troupe has to deal with the Nazi invasion of Poland. Yeah, like Nazi, Nazi occupation doesn't sound funny, but, uh, but boy, it really is, is. It. like Lubitsch is like heralded as being able to mix the dramatic and comedic, and this yeah. is the. I would say this is the perfect example. Yeah, exactly. Like, there are scenes that are full of suspense and like, oh shit, how are they going to get out of this one? And then there's like big laughs that don't deflate the suspension still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So So feeling that bizarre communal energy was great. I really like that. (laughs) There's a bit in it where... All someone has to do is walk out on stage and you know, like everyone starts kind of giggling to themselves because you know exactly what the punchline is going to be. And it's still funny. It's so funny. So great. (laughs) My honorable mention actually is not that. Oh, okay. It's the guy. (laughs) (laughs) I think about this guy all the time. I hope he's doing great. We went to see the The creator. creator. Yes. And it was fine. But there's a lot of like, whoa, robots in the world. Isn't that crazy? And one of them is like, there are a couple of robot security guards like on night shift and they're watching like softcore robot He's porn or whatever. Reading a magazine. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, what, that's all it is. Yeah. And it's like a robot lady doing a sexy dance or whatever. And the guy sitting next to us, audibly, I've never heard anyone say this in real life. He went, what the? <laughs> Like at the sight of a robot woman, just incredulous. Oh my god! Like, it was like his whole mind was blown. Yeah. So that I that wouldn't have happened in my living room, and I'm so grateful like, I got to meet that guy. I see him going <laughs> home and writing a review like, "There was a robot lady." This made me think about AI in a way I never thought of before. Like that's <laughs> that's great. Thank you, guy who exclaimed, "What duh?" <laughs> In the creator. I hope you're having a great day. (laughs) And lastly, before we get to our our top five of the year, uh, Mm. what's your favorite non-2023 release that you saw this year? I have five. I really, I could not narrow it down. We saw a bunch of good ones. I also had five. I wonder how many of them are the same. To be or not to be, absolutely one of them. Yep. Um, The People's Joker, because it was from last year. Yep. That's fair. Uh, Thelma and Louise, I'd never seen, and we watched it for the first time. Yeah. It's so good. I don't even, I don't love Ridley Scott's movies. When uh, It's hit or miss for me, yeah. When When, they hit, boy. Oh, and this might be my favorite of his movies. I know, which is so funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, but I can't recommend anybody who's ever been like, uh, it's whatever. But it's it just is watch so it. fucking cool. It's, it's so such good. A great it's movie. so goddamn good. <laughs> Speak of like hooting and hollering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, another one that was like, oh wow, I wouldn't have expected to love this. Mask of the Red Death. Amazing. Oh yeah, good incredible. Call. Like, and it's so much. It's I should have written any of this down, but it's. <laughs> It, part of that like Vincent Price, Edgar Allan Poe, yeah, you know, Corman the Raven, et Poe cycle, yeah, yeah. The uh, so the fifties, yeah, late fifties, late fifties, early sixties, yeah, yeah. If that time period is not your bag, just watch it anyway. It looks cool as hell. It's yeah. very good. Um, and then one that I one that I'm just like, oh, I just remember watching it for the first time, and I think I will my whole life is mm. Latrue. The Ooh. whole that French prison escape movie, my yeah. God, yeah, it's it's great stuff. Yeah, it was like a '60s prison break movie that's very about the process of the prison escape. It's so the most suspenseful thing I think we saw all year I, for me. 
I co-signed that. Like, it's starring... It's based on a real prison break, mm-hmm. starring the guy who did yeah. the real prison break. So it's it's so... <laughs> it's so funny. So yeah. precise. I, yes. I love that about... It's the, about professionals doing their jobs. And honestly, honorable mention, uh, I saw Stop Making Sense for the first time. That was and I, I'm like, ah, it's sort of a movie. Let's let's call it. But it was such a wonderful experience. Yeah. It, it made me go like, oh, I fully get it about this music now. Huge grin on my face the whole yeah. time. It rolled... Yeah. Good I was stuff. always partial to Talking Heads before that, but yes. it really... Yeah. Yep. This is this is it, baby. It's the album I think you can't get sick of? I haven't... I've been trying. Yeah. <laughs> I've been really pushing it, and uh, not so far. So nice. those are mine. What about yours? Well, the only two that you didn't hit that I I know for sure I liked one of these way more than you okay. uh, this year, but uh, Todd Haynes' Safe right. from 95. <laughs> that has stuck with me in a really sticky way where I like can't really get away from it. It's like coloring my everyday experience. Oh, God. It's really oh, wow. visceral movie. And like to describe yeah. it is just like Julianne Moore okay. plays a housewife in the suburbs who is getting mysteriously sick, question mark? Yeah. Or is she? Go. She is. Is she? Is she? Yeah. <laughs> but no, there's... It's so unsettling. Yeah. I think, honestly, I, I respect it, but it made me so uncomfortable yeah. that I can't like it that much. That's fair. <laughs> That's a real, like, I want to rewatch it so bad. Mm, do I? Do I? <laughs> question mark? But one that was delightful that I, I really want to return to is A Matter of Life and Death with oh. Helen Pressburger. Wow, movie. was that the first time this year? Yeah. We wow. saw it the first time this year. Crazy. Yeah. It's uh, about a taking place in world war ii a bombardier pilot i think his plane goes bad and he has to bail <laughs> out the with, technical term yeah <laughs> he has to bail out without a parachute and like that's gonna kill you but he miraculously survives and he's talking to uh somebody on his radio operator this whole time and he like immediately falls in love with her because you know trauma bonding sure yeah uh and then it becomes this question of how much of this is he hallucinating versus how much is reality but he feels like he's stuck between life and death yeah like he should have died in the plane crash and And he's got an old french fop of a guardian angel that's trying to pull him back to death like it's it's trying to complete the process yeah yeah, it's so weird to describe but it turns into like kind of a courtroomish thing yeah uh where he has to like defend his life literally (laughs) it's a wild movie and just i think about it all the time the like it looks so cool like the best powell and pressburger movies it looks amazing yeah uh, yeah, cannot recommend that movie highly enough. Yes, yeah, Cosine yeah. as well. Nice. Nice. So that's our, like, movie-watching journey that brings us to our favorites of the year. And now we have, uh, let's go through our top five movies. So what I've what I've brought to us here today is I've got a top ten ready to go. I figured we're going to overlap enough on these that uh, we'll each do a top five, not repeating anything, so we'll have a top ten for the podcast. Yeah. That's how, that's, it, it's important to have rules. <laughs> <laughs> I need structure. We'll get top five. So these are, these are our nominees for the yeah. trashy. Yeah. Right. And okay. then let's see if we can pull out a, a, a victor. All right. Yeah. All right. Live on air. <laughs> Put on your 3D glasses now. <laughs> Nothing will you. happen, but. <laughs> you might get a headache. <laughs> You'll look silly. Okay. Well, right. let's go like, give me your, your, the bottom of your top five. Bottom of my top five. Yeah. Okay. I'll say mm, Blackberry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's top five for sure. It doesn't break any new ground per se, but boy, is it good at what it does. Like, this boy, is a oh movie boy. you have watched three times this year. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you want to watch it again, I know. Yeah, I would watch it again literally right now. I spent, I went home for a week in the summer, went, spent the whole time being like, you guys want to watch Blackberry or what? And everyone was like, shut the fuck up! And then I went back with you in the fall, and the whole time you're like, you guys want to watch Blackberry? <laughs> I watched it on the plane both times, and... <laughs> What can I say? I love CanCon. Yep. Turns out you do. Nice. That's my bottom. Well, uh, for my bottom, I'm... (laughs) (laughs) Bottoms. No, I haven't seen that. I wish I had. (laughs) Oh, God. That would have been a great joke. (laughs) Alas. Damn it. Damn it. (laughs) Fuck! Pause the year. over. (laughs) Knock my mic over. Uh, My number five, again, very similar. Doesn't invent any new ground, but I just loved watching it so much that it was like oh it's over okay sure was uh the holdovers i love the holdovers yeah that's a great one it is just i don't know a lot of alexander payne's movies like i've seen election is his other main one yeah but it is just such a great like bittersweet not melodrama but like melancholic kind of christmas story kind of bittersweet yeah yeah but it 
it is so the script is fantastic paul giamatti like you've never seen him before so great well <laughs> um, cranky no that's not new yeah but it, it like it literally is like a curmudgeonly teacher meets a rambunctious youth it sounds so saccharine like it sounds yeah. so fucking cookie cutter and dumb but but ah! like we saw it in a theater with like four other people yeah. and it was like cavernously empty but you could people were like howling, and laughing and clapping despite that yeah it's just like such a like i could see that entering the regular rotation of, of like christmas movies yeah. or oh nice yeah. nice nice yep yeah i wouldn't be surprised Okay. Nice. So give me your number four. My number four is going to go to Godzilla Minus One. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's just such, like, I cried in the original Godzilla, mm. and I cried in this one, and mm. I haven't cried at a Godzilla uh, between them. So So you bookended. And <laughs> it took never... me 60 years to, yeah. <laughs> you can never watch another Godzilla. Yeah, you we're have done. the perfect yeah, offering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's just so good. Like, just the... I mean, we saw it in IMAX, so it's it's very, like, yep, that's where you gotta go see the big boy. Might have been but, the loudest experience yeah, of my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, this, this rivaled Oppenheimer for just, mm. like, oh, boy, all of my senses. <laughs> Holy shit. But, yeah, the scale of it, the the human drama of mm. it, instead of just, big boy, go smash. Mm. He does, but there's a lot of, like... You know, uncomfortably familiar sights of like reporters are getting right up to it b- to be like, we're reporting on it, and then they fucking die. Yeah, because of course they do. Of course you do, and just like no one's really prepared for the scale. It's it's very Shin Godzilla, but mm. less bureaucracy based yeah. and more individual, like the common person. How does this affect them? Mm-hmm. And nice. uh, yeah, it was great. I loved everything about it. <laughs> you got to see the big boy. Our big boy. And I loved your experience of going from learning about it and like the, when it was coming out and like, we should go see this. And like, yeah, yeah okay, let's just go right now. <laughs> oh, we can just do that? <laughs> yes. Uh, my number four is from Tiff. It has held steady. I fucking love Dream Scenario. Nice, I can't wait nice. to go back and watch yeah. it. Nick Cage is a, entering his dumpy era and I love it. <laughs> I constantly think about him just walking into rooms in the dream sequences. Oh my god. It's so just funny. Just the and way he comes through a doorway. And it's always exactly the same, which is why Except it's so, when it's not. Yes, and that's a real, like, wow. Oh, exception. a turn is happening, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's so fucking funny. Like, it's not even... I've been kind of questing in my mind for, like, what's the big thematic material here? And it, it honestly is as simple as, like, fame sucks. Like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. basically the thesis of it. So, again, nothing incredibly new, but done in such a new way. I am excited to get into Christopher Borgley's other movies, because yes. there's not many of them, so it'll be easy to get to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> we love a doable project. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. you're up. Okay, my number three I'm going to give to Boy and the Heron. Mm, nice. Yeah, it's just so good. It feels like a real... There's You can see the sliding scale of what age... Uh, any given Ghibli movie is Metaphor? trying to yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to speak to and this is definitely like this is his latest one this is most his most mature one to me yes. it's it's got this like yeah you remember what it was like to be a, a child like fleetingly mm. in in images and some of them are good and some of them are very bad and and how do you it's not about the experience of the childhood it's how do you grow up and and like how do you reconcile your childhood with mm. with what you've got now and like how do you take those building blocks and, and build yourself a life out of them? And and yeah, it's just, but it's just like gorgeous animation, amazing soundtrack and yeah. and just cool ideas. <laughs> and just, it really like very spirited away ask of you're just like, oh, what? I'd just love to live in that. Like you wouldn't really, but. No. But, but it, it does this thing where like the best of his worlds in my mind are like, you can see the hints of the the like rules of the universe or whatever yeah. of that universe but you're not really privy to them yeah in a way you can that, tell there are rules but yeah but it feels like you could like go through a treatise on this movie and be like oh this is meant to be that and this is meant to be that yeah and this is meant to be that yeah but i also love that he's on record as being like i don't know what it's about <laughs> great perfect <Yeah. laughs> leave it to us you've done enough work <laughs> yeah nice uh, well, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because Boy and the Heron is my number one for the year. Oh, well, nice. I okay. absolutely loved it. They're, like, I can replay the ending in my head over and over. Yeah. As a just like, I, what does it mean? But I don't care. <laughs> oh, I want to see the dub with uh, Pattinson being a yes. big angry bird. 
So I'm gonna just like delve into some honorable mentions for this round and just say humanist vampire seeking consenting suicidal person was just great. Just so great. Like, yeah. Just a great time. Just an absolutely great. Like I'm looking forward to revisiting that one very shortly. Uh, I'm pushing the CanCon on the episode here. Hell yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it. just like a really easy watch. Just charming. Yeah. Charming. Yeah. All the performances are great. It's, All the performances are so good. It's yeah. you, like you're really rooting for these people that do not have good goals, no. really. Uh, but you want them to achieve the goals. It's and funny. everything is very understand. Like you very, you have empathy for the wrong decisions you're making. Yes, making. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great stuff. Okay, nice. Uh, I'm gonna go to what's my number two? Uh, oh yes, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Nice. Yeah. Perhaps, obviously, but it's just uh, it's just like monumental, but in a way that. Like, you can say that about a movie, and you're like, okay, great, what the fuck do I care that yeah. it's monumental? But it is just, oh, it's so scary to watch, yeah. so terrifying to watch, and then there's a real, like, sucker punch ending where you're like, this is not history, this is not over, yeah. this is, how, how could we? Yeah. Is is this just, like, incredible ending? I don't know. Yeah. It's great. It's the movie that I have the hardest time talking about because it is just so seismically huge. Yeah. <laughs> just... You don't want to look straight at it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's... But that's kind of the that's point. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fuck. Fuck <laughs> shit. Oh, God. <laughs> There's always just this, like, uncomfortable uh... silence because you're just thinking about, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Everyone in it is magnificent and... And, like, yeah. you can tell... You can almost see the edits from the Osage community that, like, are like, hey, Marty, mm. the story should be like this. Like, oh, do you think? <laughs> well, like, he, Marty is very open about the fact that they... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was absolutely input, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But that they, like, made a lot of changes to the script, specifically, that oh. he was like, yeah, that's the better way to do it. Let's do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, sounds, sounds about right. And, like, the Masonic Lodge couple... We only get two scenes in the, in the whole movie, I feel like. Right. Terrifying. Absolutely yeah. terrifying. Yeah. And I feel like I can talk about it because it was in the trailer, so, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen it. Yeah. Well, that was my number three, so I'm going <laughs> to give another honorable mention and lighten the mood with a little movie I like to call Barbie. Yay, that is Barbie. Just, just fun. Yeah. It's just fun. And it's great and fun. Surprisingly, like, it's talking about sucker punches, like... I'm going in for fun. Yay, we, yay, we. <laughs> Are you? Oh, God, oh, God. Oh, Jesus, what does it mean to die? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> How dare you? So thank you for that, Greta Gerwig. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. We appreciate you, you crazy, wonderful bitch. Give yeah. me your next one now. My next my next one's my top my top one. Your top I think my of of the year, my year is going to be defined by mm. Oppenheimer. Yeah. It's, it, that seems like the... I, I just, it's so, like, on every level, it's super crazy. It breaks a bunch of new ground. It does kind of push the limits of what you can or should <laughs> put, like, mm-hmm. how you should tell a story. And, like, I don't know. I, I know that there are people that are like, this is just, I don't know, this is indulgent. But mm. I, it didn't strike me that way at all. And I will be thinking about it. And I feel like it'll inform a lot of my watches of other movies. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and just the the fact that, you know, Christopher Nolan put out a fucking three-hour-long, basically, biopic mm. of the guy who sort of designed the atomic bomb, but it's also about the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings <laughs> yeah. in the post-atomic... Like, the, it actually deals with, pardon the word, but fallout, no. uh, you know, I'm so sorry. But in a way, like, that's not, is that theatrical? Apparently it fucking is. Mm. This is a real, like, you know, cinema's back, baby, <laughs> of of being able to go see a movie like that in theaters. Yeah, like, it does not feel, the the just to, to briefly dive into the criticism that I know people had of the movie, mm. where there isn't, like, a single Japanese person involved, that... In there my wasn't mind, a single is the point Japanese of the movie? person involved in making the bomb, yeah. because, my God. <laughs> like, to do that would, one take away from the weird isolationist stuff that leads to things like atomic warfare. Yeah. And two would just be tokenism. Like, it would just be like, oh, and now's the part where we talk about how sad it is. Like, obviously you do have to wrestle with that, but it would just be like, 
I don't know. Like, I think you're totally right about the it's it, this was developed in a bubble. It was developed without thought or care to how it yeah. would be used. That is the point. That's the point. And the fact that there are real world consequences is that horrible ending that like drop, you know, your stomach drops out. And I think about the scene where they're forced to watch the right footage. We don't actually see the footage from from the We see them seeing the footage of the after effects. Yeah, and that Oppenheimer has to deal with that. He is a bad person. We are like shown that actively. Yeah. And it, it the the criticisms in some way, if I were to generalize them too much, come down to a, a like depiction does not mean endorsement stuff. I think. And I, I don't think know that's... how you could confuse that with this whole movie, but it, someone somewhere is going uh, to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, um. and I get it. Like, and I I get you know, yeah, I I understand seeing that depicted as like isn't it interesting the building of the bomb like i can totally see taking that away from it instead of being like it was bad yeah but that's this isn't to say people who only like the first two-thirds of the movie think this but this is the first two-thirds of the movie are this process movie that's very fascinating Mm -hmm. and then the last third i've heard a lot of criticism about oh that last third feels really out of place why is it there mm. it should have wrapped up before it's a that. different movie without that yeah it is it is a movie you could make the argument that like maybe depiction is endorsement yeah like it, that without last, that last third third is showing you yeah the process is super fascinating and fun and exciting but you have to reckon with the real world yeah Check look what happened sorry you don't get to have one without the other nothing exists in a vacuum yeah 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 that Very you can only so. get so far with theory to quote the <laughs> so to speak yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so in terms of just like, I'm going to remember this is a big tentpole of 2023. Yeah. And I love the movie. Sweet. Well, as previously mentioned, my number one was Boy and the Heron. Right. But to be honest, that's such a great way to sum everything up that I do think, I think I got to give it to you. I think Oppenheimer wins the trashy. (gasps) Really? The first annual trashy. Aww. Boy and the Heron. Like I I made it. I'm like, thank you so much. You look actually touched. Like... I'd like to thank everyone who actually made the movie. Because <laughs> in my mind, it comes down to three movies. It's Boy and the Heron, yeah, Killers of the Flyer Moon, and Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah. Like, those are the top three of the year. In my mind, uncontestably, question mark. It comes down to a little bit of like, I love both sides of this, but serious art. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're proving Capital a point. A. And just like, let's fuck around with yeah. like a dream scenario. Or, or kind of Boy and the Heron. Like it's grappling with some kind stuff, of. but it is about... A guy that tries to shoot a bird with a bow and arrow and then gets smothered by frogs. Like, it's... (laughs) His mom's water. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to to push my... I already won the award, but uh, (laughs) I won it. Don't sell once you're off the lot, Aaron. (laughs) To push it a little further, you do get the very silly, like... Oppenheimer is this big, like, morality place in the universe, the price of progress, like, all very artsy stuff. Mm. But then you do get, like, literal heart-pounding, like, suspense sequences and, like... I, the, yeah, you can hear the sound of the the soundtrack and your own heart beating in your ears when they're doing the bomb countdown. <laughs> and you just have silly fucking lines like him being like, well, there's a near zero chance we'll ignite the atmosphere. And you get this little Marvel-esque like, <laughs> back and time, forth yeah. between Damon and and Murphy. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, it's it contains multitudes. Yeah, it does. Well, it's- Oppenheimer and Fire Moon reckoning with a lot of the same stuff, so it does feel like... Totally. No, 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 totally. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. A part of me feels bad for being like, but it doesn't go to Fire Moon or Boy in the Hair. And like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> they, they, they get all the accolades. All right. Yeah. yeah. They're still great. They are. Very nice. Well, that... That'll do it, I think. We did it. Our first annual Trashy. Did we do this last year? We didn't, did we? This is our first year doing it. I think that we wanted to, but we were too tired. (laughs) Which is also valid. Uh, And just to wrap us up here, I just have a nice open-ended question. What, what, if anything, are you looking forward to upcoming in 2024? I'm really bad about knowing about movies. Oh, that's Uh, true. I'm the one that usually... (laughs) Yeah, you have to be like, hey, did you know? Um, But a couple of them in particular, I'm really obviously looking forward to the second part of Dune. That'll be rad. Number one with a bullet for me. Yep, totally fair. I'm. I want to see Mickey Seventeen so bad. Yes. I want that to be out right now. I didn't the realize new that Bong was... Joon-ho with Robert Pattinson. Yeah, so. I didn't realize that was coming this year. Hell That's yeah, great. girl. Um, Nosferatu ostensibly is coming out next year, That's so hopefully yeah. that. And I am. I am curious about uh, Furiosa, the Furiosa prequel, oh, okay. because I, I, I heard they were making. It, and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, have fun. <laughs> 
But I'm like, ah, oh, it is George Miller. Like, I, I feel like it'll just be fun to watch yeah. regardless. Like, that's somebody yeah. that, like, you can get that bag and run, baby. Yeah, honestly, good for, <laughs> good you. for you. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. And the third part of Spider-Verse is coming out next year. Oh, right. Ostensibly, too. But I don't know. I don't know, know. if that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I kind of almost hope it's not because it seems like it terrible straight on the end of a bunch of, yeah <laughs> you shouldn't have to do that so if it doesn't great power to them yep yeah i'm what happy either way exactly uh you hit most of my big ones mm. uh the movie night bitch has my attention do you know about <laughs> night bitch is this an amy adams thing it is yeah, she's yeah. turning into a dog right uh <laughs> due to her, the feral love of her daughter sure uh, something like that yeah, it just feels like the most made-up 30 rock movie i am curious about it because of that yeah. aspect <laughs> that element um i'm gonna see if that can be a real movie <laughs> I think that I'll have fun watching it. I think you will too. <laughs> and speaking of having fun, the next entry in what this is going to be hot take coming to you right now. I'm ready. What I think is maybe the most consistently good or interesting sci-fi franchise. The next Planet of the Apes movie is coming oh, in. Oh, sure, like, sure, sure, sure. Okay. I've seen all those Planet of the Apes movies. They're not all good, but they are all very interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even... Even if they're bad, yeah. you think back and you're like, that was cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> there are even things like Conquest of the Planet of the Apes is a movie that you can you can feel the budget limitations <laughs> making the camera bend inward. There are just some guys without even, like, makeup yeah. as monkeys in the back of the... Yeah it's, yeah, it's quite something. It was a movie that didn't foresee the idea of HD because yeah, for sure. they did not expect you to be able to see those I'm masks. so sorry to say, guys. But yeah. how they got away with some of the stuff they did in that movie is nuts. Like It's quite a, like, yeah, politically angry franchise. Yeah, like, there's a lot of... Literally hang up the executives in the street lessons to be mm-hmm. learned in there yeah uh it is wild um but yeah dune 2 is my like huge dune head over here yeah, i am really excited guy. for those that never read the book and watched the first movie that are really excited about the uh the sequel but their big hero paul coming to save the day Ooh, Uh-oh. it's gonna be a weird time for you trying to interpret what's going on here <laughs> our sweet boy paul mourning the definite death of his uh mentor <laughs> <laughs> the stupid name it's fine yeah yeah yep, excited just, to see how that plays yeah, out i want to see the takes i want to see what's happening to people i want to i just want to see what the takeaways could be you want dune discourse yeah I you do. want the movie and you want the discourse because a lot of the time All discourse right. can be damaging where you're like no it's wrong admit but like we know full out <laughs> what dune is about and all of this discourse already happened 40 years ago yeah, so it yeah. is done 60 years ago fuck and yeah. the author is quite dead so he's very th- dead there's no turning back he yeah. can't he can't reissue a thing he wrote <laughs> down what it's about uh and what it's about is good <laughs> oh are you sure let's well, start the discourse right now no i'm just i'm joking I, i'm joking okay cool because i'll get into you it. got really defensive <laughs> in your face all of a sudden no i got passionate mm-hmm. and, it's not the energy we need going into 2024 uh, in case you haven't seen the second part of dune or know what the second part of dune is don't uh, tell me about your opinion still you have I love you all, um, because boy, Keep it sets it to up. Yourself. Yeah, it sets up a real narrative that uh, goes. In a Is narrative direction. the word? Yeah. <sighs> I love Dune. Oh, Dune! All right. Okay, we're done here. See okay. y'all next year. We hope you all have a wonderful rest of your year. If you're listening to this in the first days of 2024, then that applies for the next 365 days. That's true. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back with uh, we're honing in on a hundred episodes we're gonna crack off a new hundo yeah so we'll uh see you then i oh guess boy. please follow us on instagram at garbage pod follow us on blue sky at dick r navis and at Macklebase. yeah and uh, rate us on your podcast platform of choice and join us next year wow for another pile of garbage bye There's snow falling down. There's not! Climate change is happening. I'm going to make you do the whole thing. Bye.